We're going to talk about lots of exciting stuff, movie marketing, ideation, the 360 degree perspective of branding. And Feed the Wolf is this company that's been doing some really interesting stuff in the space. I'm pleased to welcome Sid and Mamta from Feed the Wolf. What's up, Sid? What's up, Mamta? Hey, Rishi. Hi. Good. Nice coat, Mamta. Thank you so much. Okay. The first logical question, which I'm sure everybody asks you, irrespective of whether they bump into you on an aircraft or when they come to your office to meet you is why feed the wolf you want to take that both of you i think it'll be better if mamta answers that uh, okay so um feed the wolf uh, was a name that uh, i mean it, it, it's a story it's a very personal story so a few years ago i was uh, going through some difficult times in life and uh, i went i came across the story on social media which was it's a very old american story native american story uh, so it's a conversation between a grandfather and a grandchild and uh, the grandfather tells his grandchild that um you know there is a, there are two wolves fighting inside all of us there's this constant conflict one is love happiness you know all the good Truth, things purity yeah and, and the other is you know anger jealousy Greed. envy yeah. so and there's this constant fight between all inside all of us so the grandchild asks him which wolf wins so the grandfather says the wolf you feed so it's this idea that you know we constantly need to you know think positive in life like basically it's law of attraction like the more positive you think the more positive things you attract so it really resonated with me at that point of time because i was going through some stuff uh, personally and i was like you know i need to change my thought process to rather than go into this whole negative zone that this will happen or something bad will happen um you know i started actually thinking in a more positive way and it really resonated so i was like okay we have to name the company feed the wolf it's something that it's a constant reminder to you know always look at the good things in life and always kind of uh, feed the good side of things wonderful yeah. actually you had me at uh, a native american um, i'm a I'm a huge uh, believer that what we've done on this planet is just gross injustice. We've gone and driven the natives, the Adivasis out of their home. In fact, one of my favorite Brian Adams songs is a song that nobody's heard. Nobody has heard because it's a song that he wrote very early in his career before all these, you know, summer of 69s and uh, heavens and all the let's make a night to remember happened. And it's actually a song about in Canada where he lives how the native uh, uh, indians were thrown out and i just pulled up the lyrics while she was talking i've seen many moons through these wrinkled eyes the years have made me old but they've made me wise now the white man lives where our rivers run better days have passed we walk the streets of broken glass our people vanished as snow before the summer sun equally true for the aborigines in in australia and new zealand equally true with what we've done here uh, you know with with our adivasi communities and tribes and we continue to do that so yeah. i'm just fascinated that that is the origin of your story is wonderful <laughs> so now that we've got that out of the way uh, you know i'm 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 intrigued that you do campaigns creatives for theatricals like drishyam 2 as and and at the same time also work on upmarket aspirational ott offerings like class so talk to me about how different each would be from the other do you have different teams working on it uh you know is it just does it all stem from the two of you uh, said so uh basically uh 
there's a there's a big difference in I mean comparatively between Drishim two and Class one being uh, an established franchise already. Everybody knew Vijay Salgaonkar, and the other one Class nobody knew these people the, these youngsters you know, and the show is also I mean it's it's not a franchise or anything. So uh, we took the liberty of. Uh, Although when people knew about Vijay Salgaonkar and his backstory in the first part, we all have seen that. So we took the liberty of uh, starting the trailer with Vijay Salgaonkar's confession that he confesses to the crime, which he did, which was pretty interesting take, I think. And uh, for class, we had to uh, make sure people uh, accept the new faces first to make them like the new faces. So it was a little different strategy because we have to set up the entire world of Delhi and the class divide between two societies. Uh, so it was uh, like for example for a theatrical campaign mm. once the film is released it's a different strategy. I mean uh, within a week, 10 days, two weeks after the film is released in theatres the campaign is over but, uh, but for OTT show, any OTT show say for uh, for example class the campaign went on till about 2 3 months uh, after the after the show was released on the on the platform because they had different songs and all that and the the planning was it was an elaborated marketing plan uh, so accordingly we planned and that's a, that's a very interesting point you make, yeah. saying that with OTT, you've got to stretch it out. Yeah. I'll give you a classic example. Day before yesterday was a World Music Day. Mm. And, uh, you know, my friends at Netflix uh, called me and they said, you know, why can't we get and celebrate these new music directors that have come out of the OTT space? Absolutely. And I got Nantara Bhatkal as, as well as Aditya N., who are the music director sitting exactly where you guys are sitting. Of course, Aditya brought his acoustic guitar along. And we just played, you know, Girta Sambalta and a few of the songs yeah, yeah. from the class. And, you know, if you look at it, it's an old release. You don't do that very much with theatricals. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's still alive. You know, people are playlisting the track. Uh, so I buy that about yeah. viewing OTT in a very, very different manner. How do you approach a Brahmastra as opposed to an Indian predator? Again, mm -hmm. I've seen both. One is a magnum opus, large, glossy. The other, gritty, sometimes gruesome documentary series on mass murders. So, marketing strategies for both. I think, again, uh, you know, it's a very different approach. Uh, you know, Brahmastra was a very... Uh, it's a very large film and a very anticipated film. So there was a lot of pressure. It was very challenging in that sense uh, to kind of, you know, uh, do the campaign because it's so larger than life. Um, and of course, for a film, uh, for a show like Indian Predators, uh, you know, it's very gritty. And obviously, the, you know, when we, uh, the approach is very different. The audience is very different. Of, and Brahmasa was going to be a theatrical release, as we discussed earlier. It's um, it's very different. And Brahmastra especially was, I think, one of the most challenging films that we've done because of, you know, uh, you know the anticipation that was, um, you know, uh, associated with the so film. So lots of reworks, huh? Yes. You know, uh, yeah. And just to add to what Mamda just said, because uh, uh, Brahmastra, the major difference being was Brahmastra was a fiction and uh, Indian true, Predator was yeah, based yeah, on true yeah. characters, you know, which... I mean, they've done true crimes and whatever. So it was totally a, a different take altogether as far as the campaign was concerned, yeah. creatively. 
Yeah, and you know, when you approach documentary, the format, you know that people who are watching it as well as making it need elements of truth. You know, because Absolutely. if yes. you if you involve too much fiction in it, it's a problem. Yeah. Yes. Because those guys are very touchy about the genre that they that they work in. Yeah. At the same time, when you're dealing with the kind of large scale special effects that you have in Brahmastra, yeah. I mean, you can't blame the Ayan Mukherjee's of this world and the Karans of this world to come in and say, you know, uh, Sid Mamta, I need a change. You know, let's rework this. Let's revamp this. Absolutely. Because there's so many expectations, yes. the sheer pressure of that. You want to talk about that? The pressure cooker it is sometimes. Yeah, I think you would be the right person mm. to talk. Well, uh, I mean, I was def. I mean, since I was involved in the project since... I think September 2019 wow. and uh, we all know because of the COVID situation things got pushed uh, all over the world and uh, uh, so uh, well the pressure was I don't know there are, there are so many things now if I can remember especially the VFX being this film uh, being this a uh, fantasy film for the first time ever people would have witnessed and uh, uh, we were we we were not entirely sure how do we go about it so there was too much of back and forth as far as the campaign as far as the strategy was concerned so uh, i don't know i can't think of anything specific right now uh, what went through during I mean, yeah, but sometimes when the whole campaign is over, it's all a blur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. True. It's so true. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the only thing that matters is it's over. It's <laughs> over. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like an adventure that you've been on. Absolutely. Which is, which is pretty spectacular. It was one of definitely those projects. Yeah. Uh, it segues nicely into my next question is, how much has editing the sphere you started off in said? How much has that evolved over the last 20 years? Uh, it has changed a lot. And I don't just mean uh, with beta tapes and... No, no, of course, know, of course. The whole... Of course. Yeah. So, so what has drastically changed uh, is the audience, one. Mm. Second, second, uh, people are now... Nowadays, they are exposed to world cinema. They are exposed to all kinds of... Uh, I mean, music, different kinds of music videos, for example, ad films. So, the treatment, the, the execution... Of, of storytelling has changed drastically I would say that um, I, I'm not talking about the softwares and all yeah, those and things they, and they expect yeah. bigger and better exactly yeah, yeah. exactly mm. but what I think has not changed at the core is the storytelling mm. which which is the beauty of editing of any art I think as far as the filmmaking or creative things are concerned so uh, that that remains that is still intact which is the best part and uh, it's just the execution which has changed uh, drastically so the, also, the cutting also, pattern think, the styling sorry, also I think turnaround times uh, have have got to become faster yeah. I mean I think all of us have an attention deficit syndrome yes you absolutely. know whether it's clients or whether it's creative people absolutely everybody comes and what they want should have been delivered yesterday yeah yes. yeah now 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 no. you know so yeah. you've got to really be and, and you can't complain you can't yeah. say man I need more breathing space because everybody's got deadlines to meet. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And mm. also it's a cutthroat competition. There are so many youngsters nowadays, I mean, who've started. Uh, there are so many softwares for, for doing a lot of things, you know. So uh, you have to just keep at it and be on your toes throughout mm. the time. And you have to uh, keep watching the, the, seeing the new technologies, whichever is coming your way and 
try and incorporate that in your daily life. Now, your dissertation uh, in film marketing focused on how corporatization has reinvented marketing techniques to enhance revenue generation in Bollywood. And you did study different aspects of movie marketing, how it's growing. And that sounds fascinating to any film-crazy Indian, which is all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the stuff you learned, your findings. So, um, of course, this was like long back in 2009, 2010. Things were very different then. Um, corporates had just started coming into India and uh, collaborate because earlier it's always been that family business structure you had yeah. like your Yashraj and your uh, Dharma and uh, and then you had your independent filmmakers um, so the, when the, the studio started coming in the way films were marketed was very different there were more money being pumped into content driven movies which uh, you know probably didn't have that kind of platform you know or we had a film like say um say beja fry um utv was you know came in and really p- pumped in a lot it gave it a platform as you know as like any other film which was a, i think a huge shift in the way films were being marketed uh, in india and um, I think the focus went a lot on content. Earlier it was like always stars, you know, of course that still exists and always exists. But, uh, you know, the kind of uh, platform that all these movies got and the kind of uh, movies that came about after that has been, it's been phenomenal the way things have changed or the way things have started, you know, when you know, you had all your studios that came in as well. So, um, you know, there was a whole international approach to you know the way you market a film or even the way trailers were cut or in general like just the marketing campaign overall was you know it was really revolutionized in a, in a lot of ways that time yeah and what i like is because i've straddled both worlds yeah. i've seen the world when the studio system was not around right. and you know you'd end up calling movie stars secretaries you know, film publicists and say, oh, how can I, how can I interview what's happening? Yeah. Cut to the studio system where there's a roster drawn up. The star in his contract has written, you know, whatever, one day for digital, two, day for, two days for TV promotions, radio, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, the, the, the whole marketing and promotions just comes together and they just slot people. And then if it's thematic, then you work around a theme and you just go about it. So I think from a marketing and, and comms uh, perspective, it's really revolutionized things. Uh, and also talent management companies now coming in. So, you know, even with stars and their contracts, it's pretty watertight. So I think I think we're in a decent space right now. Yeah. And the only way is up for for all of us. But I'm I'm curious to know, is artificial intelligence being used in Indian edit suites? Sid. And in the future, do you see the scope for more involvement in uh, of AI in all areas of movie making? I mean, sometimes it's scary. The other day, somebody came in and they said, give me a voice sample. I give them a voice sample. And then they fed a couple of lines into a script. And the artificial intelligence AI voice sounded like me and delivered a few lines. Yeah. And I was like, what's happening, dude? So talk to me about your sphere. How's it going? Well, uh, even we are, we have just started uh, exploring it exploring it as much as possible because uh, currently uh, I don't think in India we have started using it uh, for our, any of our profession yet and uh, but definitely it is exciting and scary at the same time because uh, the things you read about uh, this arti- artificial intelligence it's it's just overwhelming 
to a certain point so uh, i don't know i mean i'm 100 percent sure that we will be using it very soon in our professions as well but uh, when and how uh, i think it's too early to uh, comment on it comment on that you know so uh, you want to add? Yeah, I think I, I think uh, what's very interesting it's not like we've not really started using it that much especially in India but I think what's interesting is that um, to know that artificial intelligence can actually uh, you know how much I've read about it that you know it'll help you edit content right yeah. but it's still very new the success of it we don't know but of course uh, what's interesting to know that artificial intelligence could actually change and curate your edits based on where it's targeted so for example if you have a film I think I mean it will be interesting if we can do that where you know when you're showing it in a tier tier 1 city or you're showing it in a tier 2, tier 3 the, the perspective is very different so if AI can actually change the way people perceive it like wow. have, you know or even in the international audience so sensibility so different files go or different prints or different files go out to different cities yeah, yeah. and you you localize it yes you know? That's that's fascinating. I mean, if we can do that, I mean, we don't know yet, <laughs> but that's a possible future. Why not? Future. The future is so bright, yes. you got to wear shades. <laughs> well, Jamtara, that's a series that I really enjoyed watching. Now, as a series, there was such an amazing concept, wasn't it, Sid Mamta? A city in the interiors of India being responsible for all the big financial and mobile phone frauds in India. The approach to market that, uh, that one, the campaign for Jamtara had to be radically different. So talk me through that. I think um, so. When uh, this was the second season, so it was already uh, you know a, 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 like a like a series which is very very popular. So of course it was challenging for us because we had to kind of take it a notch higher, and uh, you know and the season was very very uh, interesting, more intense than the first one. So it was a huge challenge because we had to kind of make sure that um, you know people uh, really come and watch this. Uh, and you know, uh, make it more intense than it was. So it was. Yeah, yeah just to add to this, uh, it was politically very, very. Uh, yeah. It got the plot got deepened, and uh, yeah. and uh, obviously the stakes were higher. So uh, we had to uh, strategize a different approach for this one because uh, part one was received very well by the audience. So uh, we just wanted to uh, make sure it goes on notch higher than the first one so yeah yeah i'm curious to know are people willing to experiment with song and trailer edits or why is it still such a very traditional storytelling format that's prevalent for indian trailers and teasers like i find hollywood uses a lot more voiceovers almost every hollywood film or series has a 20th century fox you know whatever this deep baritone coming in narrating the whole trailer even if it's very rich with special effects and it's an action extravaganza there's always a voice driven approach and i don't find that with with indian content well, you're absolutely right i mean in fact uh, we keep trying uh, uh, if i can remember correctly uh, apart from uh, brahmastra which was released in september the trailer uh, august or september uh, which had a voice over of uh, Mr. Bachchan, uh, I don't think uh, any other uh, trailer after that, I mean, at such magnum of us, uh, we've, we've seen or, uh, and uh, to a certain extent, it 
surprises me as well i mean we definitely we keep trying at times that let's like you put a scratch voice on it and you send it of course we do it. that yeah um, but obviously the filmmaker takes the final call yeah because and they probably are, turn around and say no it's not working for me yeah, yeah there are there are so many people involved creatively as well uh, behind uh, behind even say a single asset which could be a teaser or a trailer so uh, uh, sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't mamta so. could the reason be a that you know they're very attached to their own cinematography their own storytelling style style that they don't want to give it away to a voice to narrate or more often than not they want to use or bring into prominence the songs or the the soundtrack to their films yes because music is such an important aspect yes. of uh, of storytelling in india yeah exactly uh, could that be one of the reasons yeah. probably because i think uh, music is music plays such a huge role uh, especially in india like we uh, the music of a film is such a big thing it's it's a huge marketing tool as well you know a lot of times you might see a film may not do well but the music might be brilliant and people will still remember it just for the music so i think uh, india as a country is very music driven in that sense so uh, you know they want to capitalize on that a lot of times you'll see like a new trend um even before trailers release they'll release a song yeah you know that's a I new do. thing so i mean before you even see anything of the film you have the song out and then they'll probably start the campaign so that's because i think it creates a lot of intrigue uh, also if the song you know you have a banger so you know that you know people will be curious to see more so you know you already kind of put it in the head that okay this music this film so i think that also helps a lot so i think people still kind of stick to that because again music as i said that music is so huge here and it's a great great way to market your film okay now what has been one of the most difficult film or advertising brand campaigns you worked on thus far what are the challenges you faced and then surmounted them well i would um, recent past i would say brahmastra because because of the 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 kind of film it was it was a fantasy film we had to uh, make sure that people are prepared before they uh, come into the theater so we had to plan lot of uh, different uh, units like for for example all the character units were made so that people are prepared okay this character has this characteristics and all those things so it was pretty pretty exciting and a uh, uh, difficult campaign i would say i mean for both monta and me um yeah and apart from that uh, i don't think any other any other campaign has been as uh, time taking and difficult and challenging and exciting for us. well many congratulations you, you've done your first full length feature film i quite enjoyed it mission majnu yeah thank There's you it's a film starring uh, sadat malhotra and rashmika mandanna yeah. uh, and uh, tell us about your experience of working on that no no time limit or time frame no 60 or 90 seconds or 120 seconds and things like that <laughs> that was the most difficult thing because i have been my mind has been trained uh, to work on very limited uh, time frame thing so but but it was exciting and it was uh, quite challenging because uh, uh, what i usually do is i make trailers and all those things within 2 to 2 and a half minute you have to tell the entire story here you have 2 and a half hours to tell the entire story so uh, so the process is absolutely uh, it's these are two different ends of spectrum if i can say that and uh, it was fun it was fun uh, i mean it was my first film but uh, the experience was was too good so i would i'm looking forward to work on more and more feature films and long format thing like we are uh, i recently signed a web series with uh, mr abhinadev so uh, 
going to be starting Abhinav, that. Abhinav has such an interesting mind. I mean, uh, and I just don't mean his work in 24 and things like that. A few years ago, I think at, in, the, in the early 2000s, he did a movie called Game. Absolutely. It's just way ahead of its time. I still yeah. own it on DVD. Yeah. You know, it starred, uh, starred Abhishek Bachchan and Sarah Jane Dice. And it's so slick, so beautifully made. Very well shot. Very, Very well, well shot. shot. Yes, yes. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a, as a filmmaker, I admire and I'm sure you're going to have your hands full and Defin- exciting project. Uh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great story and it's full quirky and fun. It's going to be a good, good fun ride, basically. And editors whose work you've really admired? whether it's in India or in Hollywood, who would they be and, and why? What is it about their style that really stands out? Uh, well, uh, I don't know uh, if there's any particular editor. I, I mean, I like all of them. They are, they are friends. So, uh, but but uh, internationally, I could say Mr. Michael Khan. I've been following his work since I was a child and I have always been inclined towards uh, feature films and all those things since childhood so uh, but I have really enjoyed uh, uh, seeing his work and uh, I hope I uh, get to work on such projects sometime in the near future and yeah can do some amazing work otherwise in India there are a lot of people I mean I like uh, Banti I like Manish I like Nitin Akiv Shweta there are a lot of people and they're all our friends so How's the yeah. piano playing going? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it Western classical, classical piano that you play or regular uh, keyboards or what is it like? No, just it's out of passion. I have never learned it. So, uh, so uh, as a child, when my sister used to practice her music, she is, I mean, vocals, classical vocals. So, as a child, I used to see her practicing and I just started uh, learning the fingers, how she used to play in harmonium and all those things. So slowly I just uh, built this uh, hobby, you may say, and uh, and now 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 that I have a little bit of time with me, so I'm taking uh, a professional training and uh, learning piano, like with all the notes and official, professional legal notes and all those things. Well done. Maybe yeah. you can start putting uh, underlay music on your own training. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> soon. <laughs> Hopefully. So, Mamta, what, 11, 15 cats at last count? Do they get taken to work, to office? <laughs> 18, 18 cats and a dog right now. We're Sweet. at that. Otherwise, they're thrown out of the house <laughs> if I get any more. Do they, do they get taken to work or no, are they only so, at home? No, they're at home. So, uh, my cats are strictly indoors. So, we don't take them out and I think they'll like scratch me if I do it. So. And have you always been the animal lover that you are? No, actually not. That's very interesting because I've been petrified of animals my whole life. Like I wouldn't go to someone's house if they had a dog or a cat. Like wow. I was like, please, like I'm not coming. But um, things changed for me about 10 years ago. Um, I was working at this place that used to rescue and I kind of overcame my fear over time and um, I adopted my three cats together and then I kept rescuing. So all are rescued. Even my dog is a rescue. That's wonderful. So it's beautiful. I think it's the most beautiful thing that has happened in my life. It's it's amazing. There was a time when you took some time off from your career and you did a photography course. What motivated that? And, you know, you look at traditional photography now uh, in an era where everybody thinks they're a professional photographer with their smartphone cameras. Yeah. Do you still dabble and go back to your old camera and... 
you know, yeah. look through the lens? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's been a long time, but it was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, it's always been a hobby, uh, you know, to uh, photography has always been something uh, that I wanted to learn since I was a child. My brother actually did that as well. So that was kind of inspiring for me to kind of learn it. Um, but um, so, yeah, I mean, it. It's been a long time though, but it's something that I really, really enjoyed. I did some work as well professionally, um, but then it's. I think I need to go back to it. Like it's, it's, you're like now reminding me of going back to. Good. It. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I always like reminding people of good things. Yeah. Uh, you're a one understands a Reiki practitioner, but you're an animal and nature telepathic communicator, a shamanism practitioner. Please explain what the experience has been and how you've developed personally in these fields. So, uh, animal communication, telepathic animal nature communication is something a lot of people don't know about. Um, I came across that a few years ago. Through, I met a friend of mine who, um, who knew a person who was an animal communicator. And that was my first experience. So, you can actually talk to animals telepathically and to nature. And uh, first, like my first thing was like, no, like it's okay. Like, how can you talk? Like, you know, you like normally when we talk to our pets, uh, but you can actually talk in, at a te telepathic level because the idea is that we are all connected to source. We all come from the same thing. You know, we are all souls, right? And we're all connected. So the idea that, um, you know, uh, we are, uh, it's like a link, you know, and if we want, it's, it's, it's like, you know, we, when we learn that, the first thing they tell you, like how you tune into a radio channel frequency, it's like you <laughs> turn into that frequency like of, that. <laughs> of, you know, uh, that uh, telepathic uh, connection with any, any species, you know, or nature, because we are all connected in that sense. So I actually uh, can talk to animals and it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing how intelligent they are. It's amazing how spiritually evolved they are. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like, you feel like, okay, as humans, we are, like, so silly, you know, about so many have things. You, have you talked to elephants? Yes. I believe that's a whole different thing. Yes. The wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a friend of mine, we had this conversation, and she told me, like, the elephants told her, humans are teenagers. <laughs> so, which is, which is true, you know, like, true. we're just so, like... Yeah, in the scale of evolution, of yes, course we are. Yeah, we are. we're teenagers. Yeah. The way we behave as well, you know, like, humans in general. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's beautiful, um... Um, it, there's so much to learn. I've spoken to a tigress. I've spoken to animals who've passed away. You can actually talk to them because it's you're talking to the soul, right? So the soul is, never dies. So it's it's beautiful. You can. I, I I lost one of my cats last year. I still talk to him sometimes. So you're always connected. And the shamanism, what would that be? So shamanism is again a very old American, like old native. Uh, practice um, you know there's certain origins it's a very ancient practice it's a way of life uh, basically you're trying to connect with nature so everything they believe that everything is living you know even the stable is living you know so um, it's the idea of you know it's it's a healing uh, technique as well where you are constantly learning things from nature so I think it was all connected for me even in fact, the Feed the Wolf story is actually, uh, you know, kind of comes from shamanism as well, which I didn't know. Uh, I, I got to know much later. But the idea of uh, it's this whole journey to yourself. So this constant strive to like just come to you, come home to yourself. 
and be connected in nature. So I think it's it's just a way of life. Okay, I'm going to jump back to your primary day job, which is feed the wolf. If people want to reach out to you guys, if they want to get promos, trailers, edited, made, created, you know, need you to work on the marketing and the branding of a film, modern uh, series project. Where can they reach feed the wolf? You can email us uh, on uh, howl at feedthewolfmedia.com. Howl, H-O-W-L, at feedthewolfmedia, which is one word, yes. feedthewolfmedia.com. Yes. Yeah. Super. Sid, thank you for rolling by. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you, Mamta. Thank yeah. you so much.